Hello, dear listeners. How are you? Good morning. Um, you're listening to j Radio, to Harit Anulat Show. And uh, today is a special day. This morning is Tu Bishvat. Um, 15 in Shvat, it's a special date. Because we know that Chazal taught us that this date actually is Rosh Hashanah Leilanot. It means this is the point of the year circle, um, the point start of the year for the trees. And we all know that in the first day of the year, this is Yom Adin, this is the day of judge, judgment. And judgment, actually, it's not a simple thing. This day, Hashem decides what kind of fruits of the trees we will have for the next year. And we all know that the Ol Halachot and the name of the Shemitah about regarding the fruits actually starts today. Today. And what Tu Bishvat has to do with the radio show of Harayat Anulat? And you know what? I see this is a sign from a heaven that our radio show actually starts. And, um, and then this Wednesday actually falls in Tu Bishvat. And uh, Tu Bishvat... It's a date that actually has something to do with Chinuch Yeladim. We know that in the Torah says, the Pasuk says, Ki Ha'adam Etz Hasadeh. Ki Ha'adam Etz Hasadeh. The Pasuk says that the human being, a person, he actually looks just like the and why? Why the human being and the trees are similar? Well, we all understand that the same way that the roots actually makes the tree alive, they keep the life of the tree because they take the all minerals and the necessary contains that actually um, living under the ground and they pull it into the tree and then the tree can be exist. The same way we have to internalize and we have to be aware of the fact that the roots of the personality, each personality, is the childhood. The childhood is the roots of the adults. And the same way that you raise your child, if you raise your child in a certain way, you actually influence his future. You actually influence his own personality. And we all know, we all know, we all know that the trees and the human being are similar that way. But what actually are 
the roots of the life. Today, in this radio show, I would like to speak about the roots of the life, how the roots of the life can impact the future, and how we, as parents, can make the difference between a personality of failure to personality of success in our children's future. But before we start, as usual, let me to remind you our phone number for text message, and I warmly recommend you to start and send your questions or comments right now because uh, toward the end of the radio show, sometimes we get a lot, a lot of um, text messages, but we cannot evaluate the time, so we have a plenty of time to give you the answer. So our phone number for text messages, 347 927-8398, that's 347-927-8398. Also, if you want to call in, a phone number, 718-683-5858, all the questions that you have about raising children, that's 718-683-5858. And also, we holding um, a WhatsApp group, all over the week, all over the week, uh, the phone number to join our WhatsApp group, parenting group, it's three four seven four seven five five three five three. I repeat, three four seven four seven five fifty three fifty three. Question will be sent um, through um, our WhatsApp group has a priority um, to be answered. So, dear listeners, I would like to speak today about the difference between the subconscious to the conscious. And in first sight, it seems that we all know the differences between subconscious to conscious. It's not a big deal. We know that subconscious actually it's the only information that we collected all over the life and we actually had like a, uh, we have like a black box that all the data actually inside. And when we need something, we just have to pick it up from our subconscious to our conscious. But today I would like to make some chidushim in this matter and to prove that it's not so simple, the matter of subconscious and how we can influence the subconscious of our children as a terrific impact to their future. Well, <laughs> sounds complicated. Not too bad, Bezat Hashem. We shall um, start to talk about it right now. Well, we know that the roots of the tree is invisible. It's under the ground. Nobody sees them. The same way the roots of a personality, the roots of a person, it's actually invisible. Nobody sees that. We have many, many, many powers that actually exist inside our personality. They hide them. Sometimes we ourselves don't even aware of them, but they actually working by themselves and they influence 
every second of the life. You know, the experts, once they had a research, they made a research, they took uh, a person, and they told him, um, they put him under uh, hypnosis. In Hebrew, it's called hypnosis. I think it's, it's the same uh, word in English, hypnosis. And they put him in a hypnosis, and they told him, in 30 days, 5 hours and 45 seconds, we want you to take a paper and make your signature on it. And they, in the end of this um, research, they actually awake him, and they told him that uh, they just spoke with him about so and so, and that's it. They didn't tell him that they asked him to do something in 30 days, 5 hours, and 35 seconds. And then when the time arrived, they actually followed him, and he was sat in his chair, in his job, and then suddenly, at the moment, in the exactly moment, suddenly he left his computer, just took a notepaper and took a pen and just, you know, he wrote his signature on a paper. They catched him immediately and they told him, tell me, why did you make your signature on this notepaper on the paper right now? And he had no any explanation for that. He said, I just did it. Just like everybody else. Everybody did it. Everybody sometimes take a paper and just make a signature with no reason. Then they discovered him that they told him, they ordered him to do that in the 30 days, 5 hours and 45 seconds. Who could believe this? But this was the truth. It means that sometimes we have some data, we have some information in our subconscious that actually the subconscious push us in a certain moment, in a certain date, to do something even if we don't have any explanation for it. You all know that in this day, in that morning, today, you did many, many, many actions with no explanation. And I'm talking the way you sit in your car, the way you adjust your uh, uh, seat in your car. Now, if we are aware of this fact, this is the first step.
stage to develop um, the self-awareness to be, to know what powers we have in our soul, in our spirit. Now, if we're talking about um, the, the subconscious, if we're talking about the subconscious, um, we have to speak. We have to speak about a few concepts. We have to explain it. And uh, I hope in the end of this um, lecture, we will be more powerful. We have more power to manage our life as well, and especially to manage our children's life. Well, what is the time that we actually creating our subconscious? We all understand that subconscious actually rebuilt again and again and again all over the years because uh, 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 in the year of 2000, let's say that I had many, many, many positive experiences. So those experiences actually influence my subconscious and in 2015, my behavior may be impacted by those years of 2000, right? So, I mean, the certain years that we exist right now, today, today, in 2015, we built, we rebuilt our subconscious of 2030, right? But there is a difference. There is a difference. The difference is that the childhood has so much impact, so much impact on our future, much more than when we already adult. And let me to to explain it. Well, we used to say that we have the Bechirach of Shit. Bechirach of Shit, it means I have the freedom to make my choice in my life. I mean, I have the freedom to make my choice. If I want um, a certain way, so I can just pick up my way, and that's it. Even if it's a sin, I can choose the sin way. Why? Because Hashem gave us the power of the Bechira, and He said, My dear son, It means, look, I gave you all the options in front of you, my dear son. And I demand you, please, pick up the positive choice. That's it. But you made to do whatever you want. 
that's why we gain Sahar in Olam Abba. Or, Chaz Shalom, we gain punishment for the next world. Just because we had a free choice to select which way we want to live in our life. So, if it's so, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. And the question, which way I'm going to choose in my life, it's impacted by the subconscious. I would like to speak about the power of the imagination, especially in childhood, but it also has much to do with adult and how we manage our life by the imagination power. Chazal says very word sentence. They say it in Hebrew, it's going like this. Kashim hirhurei avera me'avera. It means, when you're just thinking about making sin, it's much worse, it's much, it's much worse than you actually making the sin actually. And it's, 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 it's misunderstand how we, can, how we can accept this sentence. Chazal was very, very smart. How they can say such kind of sentence? Kashim, if someone just thinking about making sin, it's worse than someone else that actually made the sin. How we can explain it? Well, if we want to explain it, we have to show, we have to tell you example for it. Let's say that you are a businessman and you're working in 47th Street in Manhattan in jewelry. In the end of the day, 5 p.m., you close your business, Davin and Mincha and Ma'ariv, and you went and you're going to the subway. In your way, there is a restaurant. And you are very, very hungry, but the restaurant is not un- non-kosher. And you just stand aside, and you see those people, how they're sitting and they're ordering some baguettes with the meat, non-kosher meat. And you see how they eat it, and they're so enjoying. And you just stand aside, and you imagine yourself getting inside the restaurant, making order, and sitting and eating and enjoyed it. You just imagine that day by day, day by day. Now let's say that you have a friend. He also a businessman. He also works in 47th Street in Manhattan. And in 5 p.m. he closes his business. He also davening Minchan Mariv. But when he went nearby this restaurant, he went inside, made an order, and he ate the known kosher meal. Now, which one is worse? In the first sight, obviously, the worse person is the second one who made the reservation, and he ate it. But Chazal surprised us. No, they say no. 
the first one, the guy who didn't eat, he just imagined himself eating, he worsened than the other. You know why? I'll tell you why. Many, many years ago, um, I had a child, four years old, that he learned in the, the Talmud Torah in Nebrak, and I used to take him every morning to the Talmud Torah, but uh, in 1 p.m., I had a friend that he made the transportation for me. He was my driver, and he took my child in 1 p.m. every day from the kindergarten, from the Talmud Torah, to our home. One day, I got a phone call from my wife, and she told me, you know, this is 1.30 p.m., and our little child didn't come home yet. I told her, maybe there is a delay. Let's, let's wait for more 15 minutes. If it wouldn't come, so call me back. 15 minutes passed, and my wife called me back, and she told me, very scary, the driver don't answer my phone calls, and the child is gone. He didn't come home. Suddenly, she heard a knocking on a door. She opened the door, and she saw one of the Avrahim and Brebrak hold my child, and my child was with very, very red face, tremendously sweating. It was a hot day in Brebrak, And he told us, is this your child? And my wife said, yes, say, yes. What's going on with him? Where did you find him? And he said, I saw him locked in the car, in the parking place, under one of the buildings here around. And I just guide him how to push the button and to unlock the door and then I, I pull him out. I can't imagine to myself what's going to happen 30 minutes more. Then she called to the driver, and he finally answered. And she told, me, told him, tell me, where is, it, where is my son? And then the driver made the, a loud scream. He yelled, and he ran down the stairs to his car, and the kid gone. Then my wife told him, wait a minute, he is already home. But where have you been? Then he said, I don't know how it's happened to me. And he was really in shock. He went to the grocery, he bought some candies, he brought it to my son, directly to his home. And his apologies was all over the, the next two weeks. He couldn't be calm. How, and, and, and his routine sentence was, I don't know how it's happened to me. And believe me, dear listeners, I know this person very, very well. And I know you can trust him. He has a responsibility. 
But it's happened to him. Okay, it's happened. We know there are many, many parents, they forgot their own child in the car. It's my happened. Now, let's go back to my example. The first one, standing aside a restaurant, and he just imagined himself how we eating the baguette with the known kosher meat. You know what happened when he stand aside? What happened in his subconscious? He started to develop desire for a non-kosher meal. And then he started to imagine himself day by day, day by day. Now the other one, he seems that, that he worsened because he already ate it. But the second one, when he ate the meat, he may hold his head and say, Oh no, what have I done? I ate non-kosher meal. I ate non-kosher meat. He may be in shock. If he is going to be in shock, there is a great chance he's going to make Chazarabichuva because he is he's shocked. But the other one, he just imagined himself that he eating non-kosher meat. Day by day, day by day. First of all, he can be sure that in one of the days, maybe in year, maybe in two years, maybe in three years, but finally he's going to fail this, he's going to fall to this sin, and he will eat the non-kosher meat. But this is the this is not the real damage. You know what is the real damage? When he actually eat it, he will never make Chazara B'tshuva. You know why? Because he, because he already eat non-kosher meat for years by his imagination. In his imagination, he eating non-kosher meat for years. So when it's happened, actually, he wouldn't be in shock. Because this action of eating non-kosher meal actually excellent fit with his imagination, with his self-image, the picture of himself that he is someone who can eat non-kosher meat. That's the way he imagined himself for years. So what is the chance he will make Chazarabi Tshuva? The only chance to making Chazarabi Tshuva is when you're in shock, when the action you took actually standing in contrast to your self-image, to your inner picture of yourself. But when your action is actually fit to your imagination, it's going great together. There is no any chance to make Chazarabi Tshuva. And we, ho- we have to remember it. Well, 
the listeners, I have to mention that I already received a few questions uh, through our website group. It's called Parenting 101. This is the name of our group. The manager of the group is uh, Mrs. Gila, and you can join uh, the group and a special priority for those who send us questions uh, through the WhatsApp group. The phone number is 347-475-5353. You can join us, and you can enjoy a lot of material all over the week. The phone number to join our group, 347-475-5353. You can also keep and send us your text messages to the radio, 347 347- 927-8398. I repeat, 347-927-8398. If you want to call in, a phone number is 718-683-5858. We shall ask from Iran uh, to play a special song uh, which fits to this special date of Tubishvat, and we'll be right back with you and with the continue of the topic the power of the imagination and the power of our subconscious and how we can build a healthy subconscious to our children so it impact positive influence to their future. Let's uh, ask from around to play some music. We're going to a small musical break and we'll be right back with you. Stay with us. Matama, 
that we collected in the last years. Now, which experiences we can collect? People used to say that we actually collecting the all experience, uh, experiences all over the days. But it's not so exactly. We have to prepare some boxes in our minds. Let's say that you have a friend that he's suffering from anxieties. But his anxieties actually is going to one field. Let's say that he's scary from a disease. When he's scary from a disease, actually all over the day, he notices to some things that actually has to do with disease. When he reads a book, and there are some details that they have something to do with disease, he collected them and put them in the box that he has in his mind, a virtual box, that uh, uh, the title of the box is disease. If someone else has an anxiety from an accident, so many, many things that he experienced during the day, let's say that he reading a newspaper, and he's so opposed to talking about car crash, he actually collect these specific lines in the paper, and he stores it in the box with the title of accident. And we collecting many, many, many experiences all over the years. But what makes the difference between experiences that we just, that we just forget about it and another experiences that we actually always keep them in our boxes, in our soul. The thing who makes the, which makes the difference is what we have some anxieties or not anxieties, just interesting on this topic. If someone interesting of a certain topic he will collect many, many experiences directly into his subconscious all over the days just because it's interesting him. If someone has the merit to be interesting in Limut Torah all over the, the days, then when he listening to a radio show or a conversation between couple, he will pick up only the, the important sentence for him. If on the topic in this conversation raised up Torah or something interesting of some pasuk of something that he interesting to know about that because he has a desire to learning Torah, so he collected. And it becomes to be a part, integral part of his personality, of his subconscious. And we have to remember that. So, in our soul, we have many, many, many boxes. Each box has a title. 
We have a box of anxieties. We have a box of wishes. We have a box uh, of, uh, of uh, material that we're interested to learn. And many, many, many issues. Many, many, many topics that we're interested And that's the way we build our subconscious. And it's going to influence our mind, our action, even if we don't aware of that. Now, childhood, this is the best years of a person to purchase positive subconscious. I mean, if you look at your child and you say to yourself, I trust this guy. I trust him. And you, exp- and you express feelings of trust to your child. Your child will be a person that you can trust him. Let's say that you cut your child that he stole a few cents from your wallet. And people send me many, many questions about this matter. How we can deal with a child that he actually stealing things. The automatically reaction of us as parents, we're getting to a tense, we're in stress. You know why? Because no one of us wants to see his child a thief. That's right. But wait a minute. The first reaction is, I'm going to yell at him. Maybe I'm going to command him. I criticize him. Or there are many, many parents. They just take a book of, of uh, rebuke, Sifra Musar, and they sit next to his bed, and they're reading to him a whole chapter how worse is to be a thief. And they convinced that they're making the the right action. And it's untruth. You know why? Because when you start to teach your child to be an honest person, actually, underline, you express to him, I don't trust you. I know that you are a thief, and I'm just trying to make my best just to, to improve you, just to make you better. No, it's not the way. The rule of education says like that. A, if I can ignore the fact that he stole something, we always work to ignore it. You know why? Because part, an integral part of the development of a person in childhood the way he learned to make the distinction between properties that belong to me to other properties that belong to my friends, an integral part of the way to learn it, it's by stealing things here and there. So first of all, don't be in anxiety if you caught your child that he stole something. That's first of all. Secondly, if you give him attention and you make an exposition of I trust you, 
that's the way your child will see himself. The parents actually are the mirror of the child's personality. The way he noticed that we give him the attention, that's the way he starts to percept himself. If we, the parents, give him an attention like you are a thief, that's the way he convinced that we look at him. That's the sort of the personality he's going to build to himself. You see, did you make your homework? Yes, mommy. Are you sure? Yes, mommy. Shall I check your notebooks? Yes, mommy. Are you sure? Yes, mommy. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> Who ate from the cake in the frigidaire without permission? Is that you, Yossi? No, mommy. Are you sure? Yes, mommy. So why your shirt dirty with chocolate sprinkles? I don't know, mommy, but I didn't eat. Look at my eyes. You didn't eat? I didn't eat, mommy. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You know why? Because the whole system, the whole relationship between us and the child going on a way of suspicions. When we always suspect them, they really start to develop, to create the subconscious of I am guilty. I'm always under suspicion. My parents always suspecting me. That's the way he starts to percept his personality, and that's the way he starts to behave. And usually those parents always said, you know, since he born, since he was three years old, I already saw that he is going to be a thief. And I say, no, you didn't notice it. You just created it. You created a child that is untrust personality. The same way, if your child actually exposed some anxieties, he has a fear from dogs outside, or maybe from a cat, or from darkness at his room, and you're degrading him, you say, oh, why are you afraid from the dark? Here, I pull the plug, and here I turn on the lights. You see, there is no any monsters in your room. So stay calm and go asleep. And we turn off the lights. It sounds that it really makes sense. There is no thing in your room. It's just your imagination. When we actually don't give the proper attention to their anxieties, 
we start to express in front of them, you know what I think about you? That you coward. That you are a, a crybaby. That's the way he percepts the picture. We, as parents, really don't mean it. But that's the way he percepts himself. And he really starts to implement this in his own life. He starts to develop a personality of a coward. He started to develop a personality of someone who's suffering from anxieties. Instead of solve the problem, we make it deeper and deeper, just like the roots of the tree. As much as they deeper and deeper, the tree is going to be stronger and stronger. As much as we develop subconscious, negative subconscious to our children, it's getting deeper and deeper. And the negative tree that we see developed in front of our eyes, it's a result of our efforts. Can you imagine to yourself, just like those guys, just like the, that guy that he stood outside and he just imagined himself that he ate non-kosher meat. During the time, it's becoming to be an integral part from his personality. So during the time, your child internalizing the way you behave in front of him, the way you look at him, by his perspective, and then he starts to develop exactly the personality that we so, so, so afraid that he wouldn't be so. So we have to be careful with that. I think this issue is much, much wider and wider. But I don't know if we have a plenty of time for that because um, it's actually piled so many questions here in the studio. So... Let's try to approach um, to a few of your questions. And then, Bezat Hashem, uh, if we will have time, I shall try to extend this issue more. Um, let me to remind you that you can uh, keep and send us your questions. Um, for text messages, it's 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. If you want to call in, 718-683-5858. If you want a priority to your question, you can send us uh, via our WhatsApp group. It's called Parenting 101 Group. We have a few spots. So if you want to be added to our group and to enjoy very good material all over the week, you can join the WhatsApp group by Gila. Her phone number is 347-475-5353. Now we're going to a very short musical break. We arrange your questions, and we'll be right back with you for the next hour of Harayat Anulad. Stay with us.
to do many, many, many things after you, I have no time to dealing with your laundry, uh, with your uh, to cook some some uh, uh, food for you, and I wouldn't have time to take care of your own needs, in spite of the fact that you are my own children, that I really love you and I really appreciate you, and in that conversation, please tell them. Tell each one of them the things that you are thinking about and that he is really special on it. Try to emphasize some things that tell, Yossi, you are so, uh, uh, I can trust you, and I know you have a responsibility. You are a personality that, that I can trust you. And you, uh, Rina, I like you because I know that you have so good a heart. If you just read a story about someone, I know, I know you have a heart, you have emotion. And then start the conversation in positive way, talking about each one and his uh, degrees, the, the good things that he had, that he has, and then tell them, look, if I have to follow and to cleaning up after you, I wouldn't have time to take care about your important thing. And if they won't help you, they won't want to get from you your things, so start to avoid from doing necessary things that actually, uh, especially for them, like cookie, like cook for them, or like to make a laundry, to wash their clothes for them, or to clean their room in uh, Yom Shishi on Friday, and everything else, when they will start to feel the lack of uh, elementary services that they actually need in the house, then maybe they will choose to improve themselves. I hope, but I have to say it again, this is not the age of Chinuch. My advice is not advice of Chinuch. It's a general advice in a general relationship between general people. Now, let me take a few of your text messages. Now, before I remind you, my phone, our phone number to your text messages, 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. Now, to your question. If a four-week-old infant witnessed something very traumatic happen to his mother. Can that affect him later in life? The answer is definitely nobody knows. <laughs> you know why? Because uh, uh, psychologists try to be proud by depending some actions in four weeks uh, infant, four weeks old. And nobody can know it besides prophet or besides someone who get a nevuah from Hashem, okay? It means that it doesn't really matter to his future. You know why? Because Hashem said, Nobody can pick the facts of the life. Nobody can ch- 
choice, nobody can choose the family he will born to, the environment, the neighborhood he will grow in, his economy situation. Nobody can, cho- can, can choose it. But the only thing that Hashem demands us is from the place I put you, I want you to move one step forward. This is the only job each one of us has to do in this world, to make one step forward. If you need proof for that, just call me back, and I will give you a large list of sources from Chazal that this is the only essential, essential job in this world. So if he saw something when he was four weeks old, we don't really know if there is an influence in the future or not, because nobody can talk with someone four weeks old. But we all know that if Hashem made the situation that he's going to see that, so this is his challenge. And if he's struggling with some things in his future, and let's say that this is because of what he saw, it's not our business. This is the business of Hashem. This is the private path Hashem geared for a certain person. So first of all, you have nothing to be worried about. Secondly, I want to warn you from doing common mistake. The common mistake is that we always try to repair what he saw. We always trying to erase it and we always express feelings of mercy on him, specific mercy because what he saw. And this and that way of attention actually make the problem, if there is a problem because what he saw, it's make the problem deeper and deeper because the child, even four weeks old, he notices and he recognizes that we give him extra attention, extra mercy, and he knows how to make the linkage between of our extra attention to what he saw, to the fact that he saw something, and we, in our hands, actually make a barrier, and we're not letting the bad experience to just pass. So be aware of that. Just keep giving him the regular attention, the same attention, just and the same mercy, the same way that he got before he saw the traumatic situation, okay? Be smart of that. One more question uh, via text. We have uh, also uh, questions for the, from the email. Our email is info at abraham info at abraham-barzilai.com Well, hello Rabbi Barzilai. Can you tell us how we can raise children's self-esteem 
and help them have better self-confidence? Thank you. Thank you, too, for the question. Well, um, the issue of self-confidence, I actually dedicated many, many um, lectures, radio shows for this topic. Uh, you can find it on my website, uh, abraham-barzilai.com. Um, but let me uh, to give you a quick answer in a few sentences. Self-confidence actually impacts directly because of the issue of discipline in childhood. And I know it might be sound surprised because what discipline has to do with self-confidence? But our regular listeners actually know the connection between them. And I will try to say that in a few words. When we're raising a disciplined child, what is the idea behind the discipline? Discipline actually demonstrates in front of the child that you are not in charge here. You are not the boss of this house. I mean, you have rules that you have a duty to follow them. You got an order from your parents and you have to follow them. And you are not in charge. We are in charge, the parents. Now, if your child actually raised up in an atmosphere of discipline, and I have to emphasize this word, this definition, atmosphere of discipline. Discipline is something in the air that your child has to experience that in the air, that there is, there are two people who manage this house in the way they want it, daddy and mommy. When he grows up in an atmosphere of discipline, he starts to internalize that he's growing up in a safe place. And I have my unique example for that. Let's say that I can give you a remote control that you can control your inner uh, organs. Do you want it? Do you want a remote control with the buttons that you can control your inner organs? Do you want it? On first sight, people may say, yeah, why not? I would like to. And then I ask them, but you know, before you're getting sleep, you have to set the timer all over the night to keep your heart beat, to keep your heart beat, you know. If you forget it for one night and you're getting sleep and nobody pushed the button of your heartbeat, you're going to die. If you drunk something, you have to push the button of your inner organs that actually managing the circulars of your liquids in your body. If you forget it, you may die. If you had a virus attack, you have to pull 
the the plugs that actually controlling the other uh, viruses that to attack them to make your health. Do you want to hold this button? Then people say, no, 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 no. The essential things, the critical things in our life, we worry that Hashem will push the buttons instead of, uh, instead of us. We have enough things to be worried about. We don't want the real critical things to be in our hands. The same things in your home. When you're a child start to behave and he wants something and he's fighting for something if you don't stay calm and you start to yell at him or to fight with him even if he didn't get what he wanted in the final bottom he sees that when he's doing something, he has the abilities to push the button. He's just yelling, he's just screaming, and then his parents start to trembling. So he starts to internalize, I am stronger than my mother. I am stronger than my father. What is the chance they will protecting me? So he raising so he raised up he's growing up in unsafe atmosphere. Then he lose his self confidence. He's growing up scary. Now I know I said it in a few words and believe me, the issue of discipline I can talk about that many, many hours. And we have many, many hours recorded on my website, abraham-barzilai.com. Uh, there is very popular radio show which called um, um, Once Discipline, Always Discipline. I warmly recommend you to go on my website, uh, click on the U.S. flag, and then you go to the English website, and then under the line of uh, radio show, searching for uh, once discipline, always discipline. Listen to this radio show, and it will complete the answer for you. One more text message. My 10 years old wants to go to a camp that is fairly new and isn't yet being run in an, organize, in, an organized manner. Example, there may or may not be bus that way. The learning isn't mandatory or emphasized. If there is a late night, they decide that morning, they decide that morning if they're a camp or not. His friends go there, which is the main reason. But I want him to stay in the camp has been going to this structure. Should I let him be with his friends in an unorganized fun camp or in a camp that is still fun and organized, just not his group of friends? Thank you.
Um, well, we have to look into. Uh, take my answer, you know, just like a general advice, not a specific, uh, not a spe- specific uh, answer for you personally. But look, he's just ten years old. I think you have to take the responsibility and do not let him go, even if he wants. Now we're talking about his friends and anything else, but it's unorganized and might be something dangerous for him. I'm talking about physically dangerous things or maybe spiritually dangerous for him. So I think you have to take an action and tell him, look, uh, we... Uh, we're going to the organized camp. Maybe next year it will be with your friends. But this is very, very general advice for you because I don't know you personally and I don't know your specific child personally. But in general, we worth to going to an organized camp with authority, with the rules, and not something like, you know, uh, experiently, something that you just... It's it's trail. It's not uh, it's not something uh, you know organized. Uh, one more text message. Uh, my question is: My son is thirteen. He is being bullied in yeshiva. He was locked in a closet, made fun of, not permitted to play in the games at recess. My son is totally normal very smart, handsome. There is no reason to make fun of him. The Hanhala is not doing anything. All they did was tell my son to call to the mothers of the boys who bully him. And that made things worse because he is now being teased for being a tattletail. He doesn't want me to get involved because of his fear of being called a tattletale again. He should he handle how should he handle this? Well, look, um, the issue of society is not so simple because we know that society has so big impact of especially in teenager, and when we're talking about 13 years old, you see that he doesn't want you to be involved because it's embarrassing him. Um, the best thing that we can do is to give him uh, mental support, spiritual support. I mean, listening to him, to his difficult, hug him, Tell him how you understand him and less give him advices. Just be a shoulder that he can cry on. But in the other hand, you can do something, you know, behind the scenes. I mean, try to call to his rabbi to tell them what is the way you are meaning to dealing with my child's problem. You are in charge. You are the educators. I want you to help me. Maybe you can set an appointment with the Hanhala, with the management. You have to do that. You have to try to help your child 
in any way you can. One more thing. You can teach your child how to purchase friends, how to get some friends. Maybe, probably he has one or two real friends. He has to try to brace his connection with his real friends, with his good friends, to invite them after the school day, maybe to invite them to Shabbos meal or something like that. I hope it's going to help you. Uh, but in the other hand, always remember, always remember that you as parents has to do what you can do, but not more than that. Don't try to take the control of the life to your child's life to your hands. I mean, he has, he's struggling. And Hashem gave him these specific struggling to help him for his future. So, if you see something, in general, to any parents in the world, if you see something that your child suffering from that, but you are helpless, you can't do anything more to help him, but he's suffering, and you have mercy on him, always remember, this is the specific, unique path that Hashem geared for him, for his specific personality. That's the way, that's the path Hashem wants him to go through. This is for his own good in his future. Always remember that. The listeners, you can keep and send us your questions uh, via text message. A phone number for text is 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. Bezat Hashem, in the end of this radio show, I'm going to give you my personal phone number for a private consultation. If you want to join uh, the WhatsApp group, which called Parenting 101, you can reach Mrs. Gila, her phone number, 347-475-5353. That's 347-475-5353. We're going to a small musical break, and Bezat Hashem will be right back with the rest of your questions. Bevakasha. Israel, 
Here with you, Abraham Barzillai, and I would like to approach uh, to a question that has been sent through my website. Uh, in my website, abraham-barzillai.com, you can click the button of Ask the Rabbi. And then, uh, this is a quick message directly uh, to my screen. Um, 
not just in during my radio show, um, but also all over uh, the year. You can just send me questions, and Bezat Hashem, um, I get you back. Shalom Harav. Thank you for the tochnit. It's helped me so much. I have a son three years old, and in school, uh, the teacher rak shirot v'tishbachot. It begins to be in Hebrew. They always praise him. Uh, but when he can, when he comes home, he starts to hit his brothers, and he has a chutzpah, and um, it's becoming worse and worse, and they need an answer. Well, look, um, the the matter of uh, the issue of uh, um, bully or uh, uncom. It's actually you are talking about three years old. So I last I last think that it comes from him. I think it comes from the parents. And let me to explain what I'm what I'm uh, meaning to say. Sometimes when we don't know the correct and the certain specific specific healthy way how to discipline our child we may affect him. Actually, in many, many cases, uh, the reaction of a child actually expressed by the way his parents actually manage the house. And your question has much to do with discipline. Now, it's a very huge um, issue. I don't know if I can tell you all Right now, but first of all, let me to forward you to my website abraham com, and you can listening to my radio shows we have in Hebrew and in English. Searching for the uh, the radio shows who is the, who deal which dealing with um, discipline. This is the topic you have to learn, and you will see when you create a healthy discipline, the first influence you will see in your child is that he start to, beca- to become uh, calm. You will see that, Bezat Hashem. Um, the secret is, when your child starts to internalize that he is not in charge, he is not a boss, um, and he has to follow orders, in the first stage, it's, it's frustrating him, because he wants to make the rules in his consciousness. But in his subconscious, he actually thirsty for discipline. He wants to feel that he has very strong and firm parents. And strong and firm parents, not expressed by punishments, but by protection. And we have to learn the way, and I warmly recommending you to go on my website and looking for the... Uh, the radio show we're dealing with uh, discipline. Well, our phone number for text messages three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight, and I'm going to uh, one of your questions that sent via text message. I have a question for Rabbi Barzilai. I have a four point five years old who is extremely challenging and chutzpedic. When she is good, 
she is the best. But when she decides, when she decides to act bad, which is often, it is terrible. It ruins the whole mood of the house. My question is how to deal with her chutzpah that I don't have with my other children. If I just say something that ticks her off, she can say, I hate you. I'm never talking to you. How am I supposed to react to that? I never had this from my other kids. I feel like always have to tell her that she will get a punishment in order to get her back on track. Well, dear mother, you have to remember that I just, you know, I just reading uh, between the lines that the way you discipline your child might be wrong. I mean, you're talking about the option of punishment. You're talking about that she actually ruins the all mood of the house. It's actually pointing that you have, uh, maybe you have a wrong way in the way you try to create discipline in your home. And I'll tell you why. Because you have to express and, and you have to create an atmosphere of authority in your house. I mean, the atmosphere should be there is a manager to this house. Nobody can do what he wants, and nobody has the abilities to ruin the atmosphere of the house. I mean, let's say um, that, you, that you tell to your child, you tell you tell her um, she asked for uh, a candy, and you say no. First of all, you have to eat your food, and then you get the candy. And she start to make a chutzpedik, and she start to say, "I hate you. I wish you die." And very very tremendous scary uh, words that they actually know very well how to say that. You know why she used these worst words? Just because she recognized that she can ruin you. That she can push the button. And even if you try to play cool, but inside your heart, you take it very seriously. And that's why it ruins the whole atmosphere in the house. First of all, you have to make to yourself a brainwash that your child has no any control on your life or on your house atmosphere. You have your rules, and you set the rules, and you have the all right to set the rules. When you said you wouldn't get the candy till you end your to eat your food, you don't have to feel guilty for that. You don't have to feel 
uh, threaded by your four years old daughter, you have the permission from, if Hashem gave you these specific kids, it means that you have a permission from Hashem to raise them. You have permission from Hashem to raise them. And if you decided by your own mind, the mind that Hashem gave you this moment, you decided to not give her, you, wouldn't, you don't have to feel uh, guilty. The reason why she makes a chutzpah and she influences you and she actually uh, uh, succeeded to ruin the atmosphere of the house is because of you, mother. Because you feel guilty. You feel, why I need this fight with her? Why did I get to this point with her? And I suppose, I guess, that in many, many chances you worth to not mess with her or to just giving up for things, just do not get the point of uh, 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 clashes with her. First of all, be brave. Don't care of your child. Take the responsibility. Stay calm. And when she make a chutzpah, just look at her in a very serious view and tell her, I don't believe that's the way you're talking to me. Stay serious. Don't wait for her response and just left the place. Leave the place. Tell her, I don't believe I heard those words going out of your mouth. And turn and go. Go from her. Don't give her the chance to respond. Then you try to create another atmosphere. Because now the atmosphere in your house is an atmosphere of a fight. Atmosphere of a war. It's not going like that. It's not should be like that. You have to express in front of your child, we are not at the same playground. I'm not part of your game. You want to play games? You want to make a chutzpetik? I'm not part of this war. I'm not part of this fight. I'm just looking from above, and I just respond. I can't believe I heard this word going out of your mouth. That's it. Try to believe your authority. Try to believe your firmness. This is the only way to start creating a healthy discipline at home. I know I say the few words. It's not the full answer. But also, I can tell you, go on my website, searching for the um, programs which dealing with discipline, and I hope you find the all answer for you. One more text message. Hello, Rebbe. I have a son who is 18 years old, and he sometimes mentions to me that he wants to travel 
for example, to Florida with his friends for like three days, and I'm always afraid to do so. I keep telling him it's not our thing to do, and he thinks of me I'm not fair because his friends do it and that he is adult now and he is not a child I don't let him to it because of the danger out there of psychology of of uh, of physically and spiritually and I'm so careful person and I hold myself guilty for everything happened to them because I feel responsible, what should I do, Rabbi? Look, there is two sides uh, to this case. I mean, first side, you have to give him his independent, independent, to feel that he is adult, he's already 18 years old, you have to express feeling of trust. I trust you. I know you wouldn't do any improper thing when you're going to be in Florida. This is in one hand. But in the other hand, you're really scaring. You're really um, getting to an anxiety when he, when he will go out of the house for three days. You have to take a flight. It's not a simple thing, especially if this is the first time he's going to do it. And we all know that in Florida is not uh, the favorite place to be, right? We all know that. So, look, I will be honest with you. I'm not really know what to tell you because I don't know you, I don't know your son, and I don't know the relationship between you and him. So it's very, very difficult take the responsible to tell you do so or do not do so. But the basic line has to be we have to trust our children and if we trusted them all over the years of a childhood we have to keep trust them even when they want you know something like going to Florida. But it's not a certain uh, uh, answer for you, especially for you. I mean in general, if the relationship between you and your son, and your son was all over the week uh, a relationship of trust and honest, and, and he's really good, has good behavior, he has no any problem with Yerachamayim or something like that. It's just a matter of age. He wants to go with his friends. And you believe that 80% is not going to do any improper things, so let him go. And you have to brace your bitachon ba'ashem, your confidence in Hashem, that nothing will be happen. But I have to emphasize, I didn't tell you any answer. I just gave general lines, general guidance. It's not a specific answer for you. I'm just recommending you to go to the local rabbi of your community, ask him, share with him the all sides of this situation and got uh, an answer from your uh, uh, private 
rabbi, not from someone who's sitting in the studio and read a few lines, and that's it. He's going to tell you what to do right here and right now when we're talking about taking flight to Florida, okay? So I didn't tell you any answer. I just gave a guidance line, and you will be smart. Ask your rabbi that rabbi who knows you, who knows your family. Maybe he can take a, a quick uh, conversation with your son to be impressed. I don't know what. That's it. I'm sorry for that, but this is the maximum I can give you in a radio show. Um, uh, one more text message. Someone here in the studio just uh, sent me right now uh, uh, breaking news that a few Jewish people actually uh, hurted in Miami right now. Maybe anti-Semitism uh, action or something like this. I don't want to make you scary, but it's, this is the update that we, we're getting here in the studio. And it, it, came, you know, it came with the answer of Miami, so I mentioned that also. Well, one more text message. Hi, Rabbi. My son's bar mitzvah coming up, and we cannot make a party because of financial difficulties. He wants a party since all friends having one. I spoke with him and explained, but he's upset. How can we do this without leaving him embarrassed or affected by this? Thank you. Very painful question. You know, dear listeners, why don't we make the bar mitzvah for him? I believe that we have many, 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 thousands of thousands of listeners. There is a question how to dealing with a son that he, getting close to his bar mitzvah is coming up, and they cannot make the party because of financial difficulties. Let's help them. Let's help them. I give you my phone number. If you want to help them, let's do it together. So each one of the listeners who heard, who heard, who listening to us, let's make their bar mitzvah like our bar mitzvah. It will all be our merit, especially in these days that Am Yisrael is so suffering from so many bad things. Maybe it's going to be our right. Let's make this bar mitzvah together. Each one who wants to reach a hand to help this mother to make this bar mitzvah, call me personally or send me text or WhatsApp or whatever you want. My phone number is uh, 917-804-9444. 917-804-9444. Nine four four. But if you want to send me text or WhatsApp, this is a, a different number. Nine seven two five eight four zero five two thousand. I repeat, nine seven two. This is Israeli rear code. Um, nine seven two, and then five eight four zero five. And now to your question. Bezat Hashem, I hope you don't have to use my advice, but if you will, 
So let me to give you my, my advice. It's all going by our attention. I mean, if we, um, if we uh, express uh, feelings of you're poor, oh, you're so poor, oh, Bezat Hashem, we'll see what we can do, it's not good. You have to express a feeling of, that's it. Bezat Hashem, that's going to be, uh, and that's the way, Bezat Hashem, you will be very, very glad and you will enjoy uh, in your uh, Bar Mitzvah. I'm sorry, I have 20 seconds to end this radio show, and Bezat Hashem, maybe you can call me privately. My phone number for you, the listeners, if you want to call me privately, every night between 10 p.m. through 12 midnight Israel time, or right after this radio show every Wednesday, my phone number is 917-8094-944. Let's take this bar mitzvah, let's help them, and Bezat Hashem, they will celebrate just like all his friends. Thank you very much, and keep listening to J-Rich Radio. Bye-bye.